it's John and Casey here from Are You Real? And we've been sleeping on my pillow now for over a month. And I'm telling you, our sleep has improved drastically. So what are you waiting for? When are you going to jump on board and start experiencing the kind of restorative sleep you need in your life? Are you waiting for a better offer? Well, your wait is over because if you go to MyPillow.com right now, you can take advantage of the MyPillow four-pack offer, right, John? That's right. You get two premium MyPillows and two to-go anywhere pillows at half off. Just go to MyPillow.com, use my code REAL, and get 50% off. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, and enter promo code REAL, or call 1-800-943-4615. But don't forget, you got to use promo code REAL. Welcome to Are You Real Linked, a journey together toward a deeper, more authentic connection with God and with others. Through teachings of prayer and faith, our common stories of business, relationships, and personal growth will give you the direction you need to truly feel linked with the lost, hopeless, and hurting to help restore your community. Now, please welcome your host, Christy Austin. Hey, Roar Nation. This is Christy Austin, and I'm so excited to be joining you this week We are getting linked, linked with the Holy Spirit and linked with each other across our nation and really across our world. And our heart is to connect as city takers. As we connect to deeper faith and connect with each other, we really believe that we all carry an anointing from the Lord that is going to take cities. And my heart is really here to mobilize the church. Of course, we know that's not a building or an organization, but that's people like me and you. And so I am so excited to be able to connect as city takers really across our nation and just hear from each of you some of the things that are working practically and some that maybe aren't working so practically. And so I want to remind you that you can still catch John Fuller. He releases his podcast, Are You Real Purpose, every Wednesday. And you can download that on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast from. Today, we have an amazing guest with us, and I'm so excited for you to hear his heart. His name is Matthew Lilly. And he is actually the nationwide director for Burn 24-7. And he's located in Raleigh, South Carolina, I'm sorry, Raleigh, North Carolina, not South Carolina. And my husband and I got to hang with him a couple times uh, this last year and really enjoyed hearing his heart, what he's doing in that city. And of course, really what he's doing in cities nationwide. So, hey, Matthew, how are you today? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, we're so glad that you took some time to come on with us today and just share your heart for city taking. What is city taking? Well, it's taking back the city through the art of giving. And of course, we recognize that city taking looks very different for everybody. What does city taking look like for you? Yeah, so I am now in the Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina. I grew up in Greenville in the eastern part of the state, Greenville, North Carolina. And um, my wife and I, we have four kids, and uh, we've been married a little over 10 years. And basically, 
since we've been married, we've been given ourselves to primarily uh, worship and prayer ministry on a citywide level. And so bringing the body of Christ together around the presence of God to worship, to pray together, and, uh, and to believe that cities can be changed by the presence and the power of God and, and the gospel. And so we've been what we call pioneering places of God's presence uh, in cities, uh, primarily in Greenville over the years. And then God has continued to expand our opportunities into, into new cities to be able to do that. And we believe that, uh, that worship and prayer is on the forefront of kingdom coming into cities and into regions and nations and to seeing transformation. Wow. You know, I can't, I can't help but hear what you're saying. And the story that's one of Paul and I's favorites is out of second Chronicles 20, you know, and I just love that story. And I want you to expand on this more because, you know, some, this is such a new concept to some people, you know, they think about sharing the gospel and, you know, they think of like the Billy Grahams or some of the more practical things, which are amazing and awesome. But in second Chronicles 20, you know, the attack was coming, of course, against Israel. And I love how Jehoshaphat, like he could have, you know, started making bullets and guns and strategies, you know, but his strategy went to the spiritual because we can't shift anything in the physical till we shift it in the spirit. And so for you, you know, of course, to finish that story, they went out, you know, and praised and, and the enemy was confused and they ended up winning the battle. Very long story short, but for you, what does that look like in 2018? What do you think that looks like? That's a great question. Uh, John Piper says that worship is the fuel and the goal of missions. He says missions exist because worship does not. And so worship is the fuel of missions because we have to see Jesus. We have to know him. We have to understand who he is and what he's done and that's what fuels our heart to want to invite others to know him and as well and so it's the fuel of missions but it's also the goal ultimately um, you know that the world would love Jesus that that we would be adoring him and that our cities would be full of people that love and adore and worship Jesus and so when you create environments where people can worship God and encounter him, it inevitably fuels people to go and to um, to want to see other people know this Jesus that they've encountered. That's kind of where, where the position that we take is we want to create environments where people can encounter God, they can see Jesus, they can worship him. And, uh, and we know that that is going to be catalytic uh, in, in people wanting to see their neighbors and their friends and their cities. Uh, impacted by the Jesus that they've experienced uh, as they've been communing with him in worship and prayer. That's so good. Um, Recently, I've been studying Isaiah 60, arise and shine for your light has come. And that word for arise really means to stand from a kneeling or a prostrate position. And so what I hear you saying, you know, of course, this is totally my heart, the worship and prayer too is we literally can't shine his glory or his light in our cities unless we've been in a place of receiving that glory and light. Mm 
And so what I think I'm putting together out of what you're saying is when we lie before him or sit, you know, of course, it's not ever about that outward posture. It's the posture of the heart. Uh, We can't truly be the ecclesia and the called out ones unless we've had that radical encounter ourselves. And then we naturally shine that light into the cities. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I mean, the, the entire church in Acts 2 was birthed out of a prayer meeting. You know, the people were gathered together in unity. They were, they were praying. They were waiting on God. And you read through the entire book of Acts and you see the same thing repeated over and over where the people of God gathered back together in unity to pray and to worship in Jerusalem and Antioch and in other places. And that was the catalytic place that they were in the place of dependency. They were worshiping, they were praying, they were encountering God, they were crying out to God. And uh, that was the spark for uh, all, all the amazing things that God did uh, in the New Testament and continues to do through the church. So That's so good. Uh, on our podcast, we've really been walking through Luke 10 and some of the teaching and the apostles sending out in the apostles. And one of the really interesting things, and I love this about y'all and your ministry, and is that the apostles went from house to house because they didn't have permission to, to teach in the synagogues. They didn't have, if you call it like the letters behind their names or the credentials. And so they literally took what they had, which, you know, was his light and glory and went first found community, which was in the house of a like-minded person that had peace. And then, of course, they went to the city two by two. Mm. And my heart, and I I think it's yours too, is really to shine his light and glory in these cities. And we know statistically in the church, a lot of people aren't coming to us these days Mm. as they once were, you know. And so I think as the church, it's, it's so amazing. So what city are you taking? What does that look like? I know you're in Raleigh or <laughs> I say Raleigh and my husband says that's wrong. You know, this, this is the, the true serum moment. Is it Raleigh or Raleigh? As far as I know, it's Raleigh. Okay. <laughs> well, of course, I grew up in Michigan and learned that, you know, all the city capitals like in third grade. And I'm like, it's Raleigh. And he's like, no, it's Raleigh. So thank you for clarifying that. When he edits the podcast tonight, he'll be so excited that he was right about this. <laughs> all right. And so I know you're located there just recently in the last year and even looking toward our nation and all the different cities that Burn is in. How many cities are y'all in throughout our nation? Yeah, so we're here in Raleigh-Durham, and we have almost 100 cities in the United States where we have a presence. Uh, not quite at 100 yet, but we're almost there, where we have communities that we call furnaces. And these furnaces are gathering to worship and pray at least once a month. So some of them uh, gather for, you know, what we call burns. They're 12, 24 hours of nonstop worship and prayer. We have teams and worship leaders and intercessors and worshipers from different churches that come and take shifts for an hour or two hours. And, and, and they come together at least once a month. And in some cities, they're doing a lot more than once a month. They're gathering weekly or even daily to worship and pray. And so we have you know, almost 100 cities that are being impacted and, and new cities that are beginning to gather together and start new furnaces uh, just about every month. 
And so I'm doing it on the front lines locally and then trying to equip leaders to, uh, to build these worship and prayer furnaces uh, all over the nation and really just trying to keep up with what God's doing. It's pretty amazing uh, the way he's stirring people's hearts uh, for their cities. Wow, that is amazing. I love that. How long have you been engaged in doing the worship and the prayer? How long has that been for you? So we, uh, the first 24-hour worship event that I was a part of was in 2003, actually. And so we were already, we were doing these Friday night worship gatherings in Greenville right after I graduated high school. We would do two or three hours of worship every Friday night. But then that extended kind of burn event, the first one we did was in, I think, 2003. And I wasn't even organizing it at the time, but I was a part of it. And so we've done them off and on now for, for quite a number of years. And then we connected with the Burn 24-7 movement, which was a broader movement started by Sean Foyt. And we realized that they were doing the same thing we were doing. And so we, we uh, linked in with them and uh, became family. And so with the same heart to host the presence of God in cities. And we, were, we connected with this global movement, this global family called Burn 24-7. And it just made sense to do that. That's amazing. You know, that's so similar to our story, which me and you haven't really gotten a chance to chat and share. But Paul and I have always led worship and prayer in our home every other week. And um, for probably, I mean, five and a half years here in South Carolina and a couple years in Texas when we were there. And I was on social media. See, this is the good about social media. Okay, everyone always has all this negative stuff to say, but I don't have any idea. But the Phenomenon Conference came up last February and I saw it and I just knew in the spirit, I, had t- I was like, we're supposed to be there. I know we're supposed to be there. And so when we came and connected with y'all and heard your heart, we were so amazed that there's other people out there that have the same heart, you know, and are doing the exact same thing we're doing. And to me, what's so cool about that, and I hear that in your story too, is that, you know, Holy Spirit is doing something in our nation because he's putting the same strategy, so to speak, and very strategic by nature on many people's hearts that don't even know each other. And then it's awesome to be able to have the covering that Sean started and, you know, I know David and and different ones of them that started so many years ago to have that connecting point. So you recognize like, I'm not the only one out there doing this, you know? So I think that's, that's so amazing. How did God call you to begin doing that? It's a great question. If I can share a brief story in 2002, right after I graduated high school, I was at a summer camp and I, I was saved when I was when I was real young and baptized and grew up in church and the whole whole deal. But I was trying to get a sense of what I was going to do with my life, of course, at that point. And 2002 summer summer camp, there were all these students that were getting touched by God. And I was not. I was a little frustrated one night at one of the services. So I literally just laid down on the floor. Um, kind of out of like, okay, well, just kind of frustrated. And it was this extended worship time. So they did a normal service, but then they had some extra worship time at the end to pray for people and that kind of thing. And so I just laid down on the floor and uh, God just came and encountered me in a powerful way and uh, began to call me into ministry, began to heal some things in my heart, began to 
shift my motives from sort of selfish ambition of an 18 year old who wanted to be a rock star and kind of be rich and famous to be a worshiper and to be a minister. And so that was the starting point and it was this encounter in the presence of God. And it really has affected my whole life because that's what I want other people to experience now too, is I say, Hey, if, if it changed my life, then the presence of God can change other people's lives too. So that's what actually started us wanting to come back to our city and begin to host worship times and prayer times is because I said, I want other people to experience God's presence and to be, uh, and to be, uh, stirred and to be activated and to be called, you know, and to get a sense of direction for their life, uh, hear his voice. And so that was, that was the big, big start of it for me was, was that moment in 2002, right after high school, it took me some years to fully understand all that God was doing, of course. And, and there was a whole journey involved with it, but that was a, that was a big catalytic moment. Then in, uh, end of 2007 is when I launched into it full time. And then around uh, 2011 is when we joined in with the Burn 24-7 movement. Wow, that's amazing. I love that. I wrote that quote down. I want other people to experience God's presence. Mm. And it's so true because once you have that moment and that encounter, like everything else is such a cheap imitation, you know? And my husband and I will often say that like, in a way, like in a good way, like burn has ruined us for life because once we had that encounter, um, you know, everything else is just such a cheap imitation of that, you know, and uh, we, we totally have the same heart for worship and prayer. Can you share or maybe think of someone, a story that someone has been deeply impacted by what you do, a changed life, prodigal? Yeah, sure. Um, there's been a lot. I'm thinking of right before we left Greenville last year, we did the longest burn event we ever did. We did 80 hours of nonstop worship and prayer in Greenville. We did it in a tent uh, outside of a community center in uh, sort of a low income part of our city. And we had worship going the whole time. We were giving away food. Uh, we were sending out teams in the neighborhood just to offer to pray for people. And, and we set up and across the street, there was a house with a family uh, that we came to found out, find out had about four generations of people. It was a gr- great grandma's house. They were all living in the house together. And so one of the kids or grand, I think the grandkid came with their kid over to the, the tent to get a free, you know, free hot dog, a free meal or something. And they're in line. And one of our, one of our team goes to talk with them. They end up wanting to get saved right there in the hot dog line. <laughs> and so they give their lives to Jesus uh, right there. And so we're just worshiping and just creating an atmosphere for God's presence to just fill this neighborhood, nonstop worship, just hosting the presence of God. And so they end up going back over across to, to the house and, and inviting some of the family over. We end up sending some people over to the house and they're talking with this old grandma who's having health issues in a wheelchair. It's her house. And they've got multiple generations, people that aren't living together. I mean, people that aren't married that are living together and, you know, all kinds of mess going on in this house. It's, it's, it's a challenging situation. 
And this old lady says, I've been praying for my family that they would know Jesus. That's my desire. And so she called all of her family that was in the house together when, our, when some of our outreach team was there. And they, we, they just straight up said, her desire is that you would know Jesus. Who wants to give their lives to Jesus? And every single person knelt down in the room uh, that lived in the house. Um, I mean, it was, you know, 10 to 15 people, or at least that lived in this house together, got down on their knees and all, all accepted Jesus. Oh and, my uh, goodness, that's awesome. They've been praying for years, but it just, we came in and, and for whatever reason, that was the moment that that they softened their hearts and they said yes to Jesus. And of course, many of them came over to the tent and, and, and were with us. But by the last day of the 80 hours, they they wheeled the um, great grandma over in her in her wheelchair and she was sitting under the tent, just smiling worshiping Jesus and uh, and the newspaper actually came and <clears throat> took a picture of her, interviewed her, interviewed the people from the house and they had the front page of our local newspaper said, worship transforms lives. Oh my goodness. Front page of our local newspaper and it had a picture of this lady in her wheelchair on the front page of the newspaper. And, uh, and, and they interviewed the people from the house in this, news story and they're talking about how we used to always be bickering together we were always cussing at each other and now there's peace in our house now we're loving each other and it was like it was it was amazing and so that's that's one of the pretty more dramatic stories that we have but uh, that's the kind of thing that happens when you bring God's presence into a city and um and you have worship and you have prayer and you have evangelism and you you have all these things beginning to, to flow together. It's it's amazing what God can do. That is amazing. I'm blown away by two things. One, the 80 hours of worship and prayer. I can't imagine <laughs> all the coordinating and all that, you know, for bands and music and all that. But second, the whole house that was saved, that's kind of like the Paul story, you know, when the whole house was saved and baptized and um I guess three things. The the last thing really is, you know, uh, my husband's been a worship pastor for many years. And I always feel like, maybe you shouldn't say always, it's overgeneralizing, but many people are like, oh, worship is just, you know, the warm up for, you know, the sermon or whatever. And it's always kind of a secondary thing. And what I love is this local secular paper grasped with their eyes, what was going on and talked about how worship is, was transforming lives Yeah, because that's, that's the face-to-face encounter. Hey, it's John and Casey here from Are You Real? And we've been sleeping on my pillow now for over a month. And I'm telling you, our sleep has improved drastically. So what are you waiting for? When are you going to jump on board and start experiencing the kind of restorative sleep you need in your life? Are you waiting for a better offer? Well, your wait is over because if you go to MyPillow.com right now, you can take advantage of the MyPillow four-pack offer. Right, John? That's right. You get two premium MyPillows and two to-go anywhere pillows at half off. Just go to MyPillow.com, use my code REAL, and get 50% off. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, and enter promo code REAL. Or call 1-800-943-4615. But don't forget, you got to use promo code REAL. 
moving on, what is, okay, so that's probably your favorite piece of what you do, I'm sure, just watching lives being massively transformed and radically encountering Jesus. What is, of course, this is called Are You Real podcast. So for you, what has been a struggle or the least favorite thing about what you do? What's the hardest part? (laughs) If I could mention two things that I think are kind of equally challenging, which are interrelated. One is helping people understand what we do and the value of what we do, even within the church, uh, to understand the value of worship and prayer, like you said, not just as a means to an end or not just a warm up for the real ministry, but that God is calling some people to use worship and prayer as their primary ministry, to do it in an extravagant way, to do hours and hours of worship and prayer. The kinds of things we're doing are not necessarily common. And so just kind of the misunderstanding and and that kind of thing has been a challenge to get people to understand what we're doing. And uh, and related to that is finances has been a big challenge (laughs) to be, uh, you know, there, it's part of the missions movement in my eyes, prayer and and worship and missions all go together. And so funding missions is always a challenge. And so that part of it, we've been doing it full time and we raise support just like missionaries. And so funding these kinds of ministries is, is is extremely challenging. And the church is in a large part, doesn't totally have a paradigm for it. There's a lot of generous, amazing people that have, allowed us to to do what we're doing and have supported us but by and large it's been a challenge <laughs> yes i could i could imagine i could imagine that would be a challenge because like you said people always want um tangible realities and i think sometimes in the spirit with worship and prayer specifically like you see things move in the spirit and the physical always follows right but it's hard sometimes to define what that fruit looks like in a tangible way to even raise support, I would imagine. Yeah. It can, it can yeah. yeah. And, you know, everybody's supposed to be worshiping and praying. So, but, <laughs> uh, you know, there are, God is calling some people to do it and to, to lead it and to organize it and that kind of thing um, as their job, which is, is, which is pretty amazing. Um, but it, you know, we need to get behind those people that are called to do that. Absolutely. And on a nationwide front, you know, our heart is for our nation and of course for our world, but specifically for our nation and, uh, that worship and prayer in each city, you know, we really believe how's God going to transform our nation? Well, one community at a time, you know, that's the strategy. And so, to have those furnaces and that incense arising in city after city is so important to shift what God wants to bring into each of those. And so I love what you're doing for you. You know, I know you've been in ministry many years. I've been in ministry many years and you know, it's tough. There's days that are tough. And so for you, what has been the key to accomplishing the mission and vision that God has laid before you? Without a doubt, it's been the secret place. You know, um, we are what we call burn 24 seven, a first love movement. And so for us, 
everything flows out of that intimacy with Jesus and that time with him in the word and in prayer. We do prayer and worship gatherings, but also it has to be personal. We have to really know God and we have to have that time where it's just him. And that's, that's our life source, abiding in Jesus. You know, apart from him, we can do nothing. John 15. Mm-hmm. He's divine. We're the, you know, we're the branches. So we have to stay connected to him. That's the only way we can do what, what we do and continue in it. And so without a doubt, just intimacy with Jesus, just really knowing him. He's the one that encourages us and sustains us and his voice and his word feeds us and gives us strength and replenishes us when we were having challenging times. And so I would encourage anybody that's listening that wants to see their city impacted, just go deep in God, go deep in his word and, and deepen his, his spirit because he loves our cities more than we do mm-hmm. and we'll connect in with his love and, and his vision for our cities and for the people that are there. And that's what will motivate us and sustain us. Yeah, that's so good. That's so rich. And I would totally, totally echo that because if you're not in the first love secret place, you have nothing to give, you know, and uh, that's where all of kingdom blueprints come from. You have to be in the kingdom, you know, to get those. And so, um, so what would you say to other city takers? And I, I want to just explain or maybe get more detail have you explain you know when we were at the phenomenon conference which by the way I drove to Nashville Tennessee I was at a conference this last weekend and I took my phenomenon CD with me and re-listened to the whole thing and it was you know just as powerful as it was the first time it was so amazing so thank you for putting that out and taking the time to do that yeah I really appreciate that but um so basically, one of the things I was wondering and recognizing is, is there people that go and worship in prayer, kind of like yourself and your wife and maybe many others, and then the mission people come behind you and they really have that heart for missions? Or is it more integrated where you're actually doing a piece of each of those I would say it's usually integrated, you know, either the individuals or in a, in a community. I mean, if you have a, like if we have what we call furnaces, our burn communities, and many times we'll have people that are organizing the worship and the prayer times, but then we'll have people that are more geared toward evangelism or those kinds of things that we'll be organizing specific times to uh, to do outreach but for us it's very integrated I mean sometimes like the the tent event you know where it's like we're worshiping outside and it's sometimes it's hard to overlap where the worship starts and the missions and outreach ends you know like it's all kind of it all kind of blends together and uh, and so I, I do think you have certain people that maybe are more geared towards we're going to go pray and like, that's really our deal. And then we'll, we'll of course minister to people some, but maybe they're more geared towards prayer or worship. And then you have some people that are just really geared towards evangelism and ministering to others. And yet they also realize, of course, they have to worship and pray too. We all need to 
be rooted in the secret place. We all need to minister to the Lord first before we minister to others. And we, we all need to do both. We need to minister to the Lord and we need to minister to others. So for us in the burn, each furnace kind of approaches that differently. Some are, are in terms of how we integrate the worship, prayer, outreach, mission, all that. Each one's a little bit different. That's awesome. Well, as we close, I really want to encourage our listeners. Uh, they can go, is it burn247.com where they can go and see the closest burn in their region? That's right. Yeah, burn247 and it's 24-7.com. And awesome. Yeah, all, all, the, all the furnaces, all the U.S. furnaces, as well as our, our international furnaces, we have uh, dozens of furnaces in other nations as well. We have missions trips people can can join in if people would want to start a furnace in their city. There's information on how to do that as well. That's awesome. Yes, I encourage you as city takers. It, it's kind of like a, a fueling station, you know, kind of fills you up. And I meet so many pastors and leaders that they don't have the like-minded, they don't have someone to link with. And so this is a great resource. And I love it because it's not about one man or one person or even one brand, you know, and I think you would agree with that. We're not really even branding something here, but just to get back to that first love. Yeah. So how can our listeners connect with you, Matthew? I have a website. It's presencepioneer.com. It's my personal website where I have a blog and I have uh, links to social media. I have an email list uh, and every, all that can be accessed through my website, presencepioneer.com. Uh, I do use Instagram, Facebook, and my user on that is also Presence Pioneer. So if people want to connect on Facebook or Instagram, my website, that would be the best way. Awesome. Well, can I pray with you before we get off here today? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. So that I thank you so much for Matthew and a few things I hear over him. One is second generation. And I believe that he's called for such a time as this to go into our nation, God. And this is very strategic. This is an Esther moment, God, that um, I even see that his life parallels that in some ways that he has been uh, misplaced maybe in his book, but not really misplaced. It's perfectly aligned with what you have for him. And I see a big megaphone that's getting ready to go in front of his mouth and that his voice is going to get very loud in our nation. And so I pray God blessings over him, his wife and his family. I pray Lord that as you uh, increase his tent peg, so to speak, I pray father that you would keep him him like John the Beloved, where he just leans his head against your chest and he hears your heartbeat. And as he hears the rhythm of your heart, that he simply releases that over the leaders that will take this to the next level. I thank you for him. And I pray, Father, you'd hem him in behind him before. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Thank you so much. Are you real listeners? We appreciate you joining us today. And I invite you to get involved in this first love movement because it will sustain, cultivate, and help you to steward what God's given you. Join us at areyoureal.org. We have many, many hosts and listeners that you can tune in with. Until we meet again, remember to rest in his love, dance with great joy, and aspire to go higher each day. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's John and Casey here from Are You Real? And we've been sleeping on my pillow now for over a month. And I'm telling you, our sleep has improved drastically. So what are you waiting for? When are you going to jump on board and start experiencing the kind of restorative sleep you need in your life? Are you waiting for a better offer? Well, your wait is over because if you go to MyPillow.com right now, you can take advantage of the MyPillow four-pack offer, right, John? That's right. You get two premium MyPillows and two to-go anywhere pillows at half off. Just go to MyPillow.com, use my code REAL, and get 50% off. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, and enter promo code REAL, or call 1-800-943-4615. But don't forget, you got to use promo code REAL. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Are You Real Linked and encourage you to visit areyoureal.org for more resources based on today's episode, as well as links to more Christian podcasts in our network and the inspiration to help you enkindle everyone around you. God bless and good day.